My name is Tony Stark, and I'm not afraid of you. I know you're a coward. So I've decided that you just died, pal. I'm gonna come get the body. Hey there, enthusiasts. Welcome back to Hero Talk. I am your host, Judge Greg. Joining me today, we got a full house. I have Axelon, Brian, and Goose. Gentlemen, welcome back to Hero Talk. Yo. Hello. Pleasure as always. All right. So today, we're going to... Ah, today. All right. So every now and then, you get a movie, and you don't really like doing the recording, but you, you eventually get it done, and you think, oh, good. I'm done. I'm done with this movie. We don't ever have to talk about it again. And then fate has other plans. <laughs> And the recording gets lost and corrupted, and it doesn't actually record. And then you have to try to get all the players back in the same recording again, which is about, like, trying to align for a rocket launch on Enthusiax. And we finally get back in, and now we still have to talk about this stupid movie that I didn't even want to do the first time, but I have to because it's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And with that, our topic today is Iron Man 3. As always, Hero Talk is a spoiler podcast. Listeners, I'm telling you now, nothing is off the table. Everything is fair game. You have been warned. All right, so Iron Man 3, in case you couldn't infer it from my introduction, I'm not a fan of this movie. I It just it, it felt like they were just trying to be funnier than have substance. And honestly, I think my biggest gripe is that Iron Man isn't in it all that much. I mean, Tony Stark's in it, but we don't really get to see a lot of Iron Man. And how many of these movies do I have to watch before I finally get a decent showing for War Machine? He wasn't even War Machine in this movie. It's It's just frustrating, and I don't like it. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? I agree. All right. You nailed my, my, my view of it completely. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the odd man out here. I, I actually really like this movie. You know, it's no, I mean, I, listen, I'm not going to tell you that you, you can't have your opinion. I can tell you it's wrong, but I can't tell you you can't have it. <laughs> but I guess, I mean, what, what did you like about it? I mean, cause I, I would, I would say objectively speaking, the things I said about it are fairly accurate. So I guess what was, what did you find redeeming about it? Well, I think I saw a lot more substance to it than you did. I saw this as a really interesting journey for Tony, you know, he um, he says it succinctly when he um, when, when he admits to to Pepper that he's having that, that he's having problems. He's he's like, I, I just I just saw gods and monsters and aliens, and I'm just a man in a can. He sees himself as just a as nothing without his armor. And this little journey or whatever you want to call it was a good way for him to prove himself wrong. Because you look at like while his armor is charging, like the little kid says to him, "Well, you're a mechanic, right? Why don't you build something?" So he built builds a whole bunch of new weapons to go raid um, the Mandarin's place in Miami. Uh-huh. And I got a real Bill and Ted's bogus journey vibe from that scene, too. Like, I thought he was going to build, like, a, a, a Bill and Ted robot-looking Iron Man suit to wear. I was a little disappointed once I got that image in my head. But Well, it was still, it was all still very, um, I mean, maybe not ergonomic, but, like, you know, he retrofitted, uh, he, he, he modified, I guess, I guess it was a nail gun. Um, he uh-huh. turned a Christmas ornament into a bomb or, or, or yes. a, a flash grenade. Uh-huh. And he uh, he took a glove and um, I don't know what, what, what what else you would call it, but like he, he, he made a glove that he could stun somebody with. The electrified glove was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he basically went MacGyver on them. Yeah, which I think what was, was, was what was important for him. Like he could see, okay, I actually am useful to the Avengers beyond just this suit. Like I'm actually, I, I'm actually pretty good at it without my suit. I was hoping he would make a Hobby Lobby suit. Like no joke. <laughs> <laughs> a Hobby Lobby suit? Straight up Hobby Lobby everything. It's, just, it's an Iron Man 
suits that was made with Hobby Lobby materials. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I guess in order to counteract that, part of what's what kind of killed it for me, especially now watching it after having seen the Avengers, is that we get the Avengers and he goes right back to just being the guy in the suit who creates super evil AIs. Hmm. I suppose that's a that's a fair assessment to it, but I think it was more of like it, it was it was more something for his confidence than anything else. Because imagine like having that guy in that suit, um, something like something shuts it down. He's like, oh my god, I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what to do. You know, whereas you know, you know, now he he could probably uh, come up with something. Well, I mean, we've had this conversation before, except for <laughs> Thor. Where he went back we have, and... as a matter of fact. Yes, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, the the Iron Patriot part of it, it's like I can. I can kind of see where they were going with that. Like that is exactly the kind of thing I would see. I, I could see the military, especially the air force doing it's like, Oh, we're going to yeah. make it softer. It's going to be patriotic. It's going to be, you know, we, we, we don't want to offend anybody. So I we're going to paint in red, Captain white and blue and call him iron Patriot. I, I, I didn't like that. They, that they did it. I wanted them to, turn it back to war machine and i i think that may have been the point but i i yeah. do I, I do get your frustration that it's like okay we had an entire movie with roadie in the suit and we didn't we didn't really get iron patriot we didn't even really see him fight a whole lot in the suit most of no what, i mean he was he would mostly would just would like he would storm a place where he, nobody had any business standing against him and point the guns at him and they surrender we didn't get to see iron patriot actually do much of anything at all. he fired a he fired a few shots and then James Badge Dale took the suit and he did it. Mm -hmm. he did some things with it and then other than everything with the president and like he didn't do anything else with it so he we didn't, right. yeah, we didn't get a handshake like come on that is, yeah, that is kind of weird. Like, they, they did the whole handshake thing and it shut the whole suit down. Like, what kind of shoddy craftsmanship was that? Hammer tech. <laughs> Stupid hammer tech. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Remember, it was it was AIM that did the uh, redesign. No, it was AIM that did the redesign. Yeah. Hmm. Which still remember right. they they focused all their all their efforts onto that uh under that biotech you know they their um their their metal working and whatnot is you know took a backseat yeah all right uh goose what do you think we haven't we haven't heard from you much I think just the movie in general has very similar problems to the way the, the with the other Iron Man movie they build up this the idea in this movie that it's going to be going back to the whole Mandarin twist thing but that's not really the issue the issue is they build up this for lack of a better word comic book villain in the Mandarin and then we find out it's just another guy in a suit. Seems to be the same problem they do with all the Iron Man movies. Like, this is a comic book movie. Give us the comic book villain. Not even from yeah. a hardcore fan perspective. Just from, like, the casual observer. If you're, particularly when you watch the trailers, you're expecting this to be, like, one of the most out-of-control comic booky movies you've seen in a while, and frankly, it's not. Well, the trouble with a lot of Iron Man's um, uh, villains is you, you end up risking racism. Because right. The, the Mandarin is fairly racist well, in I the mean, comics. The, the, yeah. the thing is, like, his villains were in originally kind of like archetypes for um, America's enemies during the Cold War. So you had the Crimson Dynamo, who was from the mm -hmm. Soviet Union. You had the Mandarin, who was Chinese. You know, pretty much right. any I, – I, I don't – I'm not familiar with most of his enemies, but it sounded – from what I've heard, it sounded like most of them were just allegories for communism. That or just evil yeah. versions of himself. Oh, he's all about the evil versions of himself, yeah. 
Yeah, that's a little overdone in the Iron Man. I don't. I guess when I originally saw what they were doing with the Mandarin. Now, in terms of, I mean, with with you know the, what was presented on the surface is what they were doing with the Mandarin, where you sort of had a Bin Laden esque leader of the Ten Rings, because uh, he uses their, the Ten Rings logo. So I think he's supposed to be represented as leader of the Ten Rings here. Yeah, I think that's what they were and, trying to do. Yeah, and he's. I mean, the, the way Kingsley was doing the performance and very methodical and control. Like I was. I mean, I was all on board for that. So then when you get to the twist and you find out that the Mandarin is really just some kind of drug-addled uh, English actor who they picked up just to kind of fill in. Now, I, I kind of get the twist in terms of, you know, a, a general twist. It works. It's a good twist. It's like, oh, this guy that you thought you were going after, he's just some dude to make give people a face to focus on while we do our things. But I just didn't want that to be how they worked the Mandarin because I kind of I kind of liked where they were going with it. And I would have maybe liked more if instead of having Guy Pierce be the man behind the man, we had the actual Mandarin be the man behind the man and he wasn't relegated to some uh, DVD extra on Thor. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping they do something with that because, like, n- now I see the Mandarin as an actual threat. Like, okay, so he's Chinese. Like, r- rather than have him be, like, a, a Chinese stereotype, have him be a guy who's Chinese and has these magical powers or the or the ten rings mm-hmm. from space. Yeah. Like, there's a reason that can't work. You just have to do it right. When the I marketing mean, we, we, rights itself for Iron Man 4, all you have to do is have the tagline, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is to convince the world he didn't exist. Yeah, wow. if, if people even remember, to be honest. <laughs> Honestly, I prefer. I, I would have preferred um, the Osama bin Laden Mandarin. I think it would have been a great mm-hmm. contrast, you know, between all of Tony Stark's high-tech magical suits and then you have this guy who uses, you know, AK-47s and bombs. I mean, we don't know at the time they're human bombs, but, you know, bombs, yeah. you know, low-tech stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's his greatest rival. He just can't, like, figure him out. Yeah. Now, do you remember in the, in the previews for this movie, they uh, they used to show, like, a tattoo on the back of the Mandarin's neck? Yeah. It was, like, it was the Captain America shield. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I do. That never it came was, up. It never came up, and they never went anywhere with it. You have to think it was, at some point, it was some kind of story element that they completely dropped out of the movie and cut, but I just kind of wonder what, what that it could have possibly meant. I should go back through the uh, deleted scenes. Maybe there's something in there. Oh, maybe. I don't own this on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I had to rent it on Amazon. I do, so <laughs> Although, I will suffer to, through that for you. Yeah. Although, to taunt me, it was on FX last night. <laughs> After you I, I have it on Blu-ray, so I will I will suffer through that yeah. for you guys. You need, to, you need to take a look, and we'll, we'll follow up on with the next time we do a movie with Iron Man in it, which has got to be Avengers, right? Because uh, yeah, Captain Avengers America too. hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we need to talk about the cast. Uh, I know I don't want to because some of these people we've been talking about, and this is the the third, actually the fourth time we've talked about them playing these parts. But all right. Um. So Bob D- Bob Downey as Tony Stark. I, I don't I don't have anything else to add to this. I he's good at what he does. He's a good actor. So if he wants to play PTSD Tony Stark, he does a good job with it. He would have done a good job with whatever the script said. So I don't really have anything else to add. I think like he's the only thing that made this movie watchable for me. Aside from like the, the few roadie scenes that are in here, like he's the only thing that kept me there. Yeah, again, I'm going to say this one more time, and I will continue to say it. I, I, I like Terrence Howard as Rhodey, and whenever I see Don Cheadle, I just think how much better I would have liked Terrence Howard. 
Next time, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, if only. I'm telling you, Terrence. And again, this is the most shallow thing I've ever said, and I can't back this up with any concrete, you know, statement. But Terrence Howard looks more like a guy in the Air Force than than Don Cheadle does. And I don't know how how else I can put that. And I have there's no specific characteristic I can point to. I'm just saying, if, if you show me Terrence Howard and you say he's an Air Force Colonel, I believe you. And you say show Don Cheadle and say no, he's an Air Force Colonel. I don't. Do you think Don Cheadle would fit more with the original roadie? Wasn't he like Army or Marines or something? He was. He was a Marine. Origi- yeah. yeah, original roadie was a Marine. I don't know. Uh, I don't Don know. Che- I could see. I could see Don Cheadle more Army. Than yeah, Marines or Air Force. Don, yeah, this is this is the most shallow thing we've ever talked about. Like, <laughs> well, he doesn't look like an Army guy. He looks like an Air Force guy, but he looks like an Army guy, but he doesn't look like a Marine. Well, it and sounds shallow. I just want but to point it, out that at no point did we ever think any of these guys looked like sailors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. John Favreau kind of looks like a sailor. Yeah, like m- maybe one of those like older, more experienced chiefs that everyone yeah, just kind of left old alone. Yeah, he's chief. on his coffee cup on the midwatch. Yeah, as the movies continue, sort of I, I, I can, yeah, I, I can actually see a chief walking around like going badge, badge, show me your badge, badge. Oh yeah, oh I could totally see a chief doing that. Yeah, <laughs> badge. Where's your badge? Hey, hey, where's your badge? All right, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. All right, um, forgettable. I know I trash Gwyneth Paltrow all the time, and as I have published stated, I only do it because I'm hoping one day that she will listen to Hero Talk and realize how terrible she is and improve herself. <laughs> well, no. You look at like all the like blogs and, sh- and stuff she does, like, no, it's not going to happen. Yeah, no. Her, her blog, which is called Goop, by the way. Oh, G-O-O-P. God, no. That's a real thing. <laughs> And she gives she gives this horrible horrible advice like things like you should try this five hundred dollar water because it's really good I'm like oh because that's that's what was preventing me from trying the five hundred dollar water so I just didn't know if it was good yet did she name her no. kid Apple or something she did she named her kid Apple oh my yeah. god you know why I don't try five hundred dollar water Gwyneth Paltrow because I I get my water from the tap. That's why. Seriously, right. the most money I spend on water is a Brita filter. Yeah, actually, I I got the filter of the refrigerator, which is which is clutch. Mm, nice. Just run that sucker through some charcoal. There you go. That's your water. It doesn't cost five hundred dollars. Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, I don't like. Well, I don't like that Pepper Pods didn't die. I thought she was gonna die. I kind of liked when I thought she was dead, and then she comes back, and then she ends up beating. Um. Oh, what's this guy's name? Aldrich? Killian? What do we want to call him? Do we want to call him Aldrich or Killian? How about Killian? Oh, Killian. Yeah. She ends up she ends up defeating Killian by uh, just basically throwing a missile at him and then shooting it with a repulsor. And I just have to call shenanigans because I'm like, how did that be the thing that killed him when he was just in the, uh, the Mark 47, which blew up? And I have to imagine had more firepower than that little missile. Maybe it was the well, tank he, well, he, he was He was healing. Like, the, the, the armor blowing up had already done a lot of damage to him. The uh, the missile finished him off. So you're saying his health bar was low? Yes. She stole she stole than... she stole Iron Man's kill. Yeah. Critical hit. <laughs> kill steal. Wow. What also begs the question just for the sake of canon, does she still have her superpowers or do they wear off? I I think I think we're supposed to establish that she doesn't have them anymore. Yeah, I think I, I think yeah. the, the the assumption like he said, like I'm gonna fix this. So like he mm-hmm. like the, the the assumption is that he, yeah. he figured out a way to make it stop. Yeah. He fixes her and then he gets the stuff out of his but now why? here's the, the, the he gets the stuff out of his heart. No, I get it. You want to get the stuff out of your heart. No, 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 not that. I, don't, I mean, 
Why? Oh, Why get rid of the powers? So she doesn't accidentally explode? Yeah, it's it's unstable. Yeah, but she, she was fine. That, that was well, the whole point. At, she either explodes or she doesn't. At that, at that moment, like, we don't even know what Killian was doing to keep himself stable. Well, Killian was different. Yeah. He, he was, like, fire-breathing and stuff. He was different from everyone else. Yeah, what was up with that? He did that once, and then he never did it again. He breathed fire. He just, like, breathed fire once just to kind of, like, freak out. And even his, his minions yeah. were surprised by this. They were just, like, looking at him like, yeah. what? Like, huh? Do we have that ability? Like, <laughs> you know some of those guys were going in the back going, like, hey, can you breathe fire? I don't know. <laughs> he will find out, like, a deleted... I, I, I want to see that now, like... <laughs> even he was, like... Dude, I had no idea I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you guys know I could breathe fire? Well, I, I did. Right. Like, I don't know if you noticed, like, after he did it, he had this pose of, like, well, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's right. I breathe fire. So I, he, he may have been surprised by it. Yeah. Is I was wondering, uh, Killing him by awesome Guy Pierce. <laughs> yeah. Well, that ends. Um, they were kind of alluding with the whole, like, dragon tattoo Killian had. It was kind of like their tribute, I guess is the word, to Fin Fang Foom. Mm, no, uh, no, it's not Fin Fang Boom unless it's a freaking dragon. I know, I know, but you, you know, you know Hollywood and how they like to adapt things. Yeah. But here's here, we've we've gotten to the point where we have the Hulk, we have Thor, we're bringing in Spider Man. We have a lot of weird stuff going on. You can just bring in a dragon at this point. No one's going to question. We that. have how Doctor diff- Strange coming up. How different would a dragon really be when we had metal worms flying through the city? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's Fin Fan. They could totally do it. Yeah, yeah, I believe they could. All right. Uh, so just. Uh, uh, Killian is played by Guy Pierce. He's been in like a thousand movies. Uh, you know, we don't really have to talk about what he's from. That's the nice thing about this guy. Well, I, for the most part, I kind of feel like normally you would because I feel like he's one of those actors that does a couple movies and then takes a break and then does a couple more movies and then takes a break. Yeah. I've known him from a ton. Of, I mean, Memento immediately comes to mind. Yeah, there was that one. And like up until... I don't know if it was Iron Man 3 or something else that he just kind of came back onto the scene. Suddenly he's in a whole bunch of movies. Like he's in this. Yeah. He's in, he was in Lockout. He was in um, Mm -hmm. The Rover. And yeah, he was. Like he, like, I mean, but he's a, he's in a. He looks. If you look at his IMDb page, he's in stuff every single year. He was okay. in. Um, he was in Prometheus. He was in. I oh. I know him from The Count of Monte Cristo. It was actually one of my favorite movies. He was in. Uh, so he starred in that movie with the man who would later go on to play Jesus and the man who would later go on to play Superman. So that's some pretty impressive billing right there for that movie. Those character uh, references. Wait, the man to go yeah. on to play Superman? Yeah. Jim Caviezel? Yes, he was in that movie. Now, he was pretty young in that movie. He was, uh, he played uh, the son of the Count of Monte Cristo. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not questioning Jim Caviezel. Uh, Jim Caviezel was in Monte Cristo. When did he play Superman? No, we might be talking about the different people. The guy who played him in Man of Steel. The Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill was in Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're on the same page here. Right. Yeah, I, I thought I thought Pierce's performance, like, he, I, I can kind of see he was trying to give this air of, like, arrogant aloofness, but it, mm-hmm. it, it made the performance a little flat to me sometimes. He's just, like, he's saying these evil things, and, like, there's no passion behind it at all, and I guess that's supposed to sound more psychotic, but it didn't it, sound menacing. I had trouble believing that he was just really, really so mad about getting stranded on that roof. I was about to bring that up. I hated his motivation. Yeah. It's like, you blew me off. I'm like, if every person Tony Stark blew off came back for homicidal revenge. Do you know how long Bob Downey's contract would have to be? It wouldn't have made it through the first movie. Yeah, I mean that's kind of ridiculous. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on from Killian just for a second to talk Maya Hansen, uh, played by Rebecca Hall. She looks incredibly familiar, and so I glance at her IMDb page. Uh, I guess I here's now here's the weird thing. So I'm looking at movies that I have no I've seen that she's been in, and I can't think of who she was. Uh, the Prestige with uh, Chris Bale and um, Wolverine, and The Town 
with Batman. New Batman. Yeah, the other Batman. Not Chris Bale Batman, Ben Affleck Batman. Batfleck. Ugh, no, I hate that. Sorry. Uh, John Favreau's back as Happy Hogan. Uh, this time, just as an actor, not as a director as well, so... I think he was also a producer, but yeah. But yeah, I know he was getting kind of frustrated with uh, having to work so many Avengers references into everything. Well, unfortunately, Man, they so. seem to pile them on the heaviest into, into Iron Man. Like, they kind of work in Captain America because he's constantly with S.H.I.E.L.D., but not... But with Iron Man, they really feel sh- they feel the most shoehorned. No, I, I I totally am with you there. It definitely feels a little bit shoehorned in Iron Man. And this, I mean, at least in this one, it was references to the past. I mean, they didn't reference what happened in the Avengers any more than maybe Daredevil did. But uh, yeah, it's still I don't know. I other than he was a little funny when he's interacting with uh, with Tony Stark. But I I just I wasn't. I don't. See, they portray like Happy Hogan and Pepper Potts as having such prominent roles, and in the comics they really didn't. Hmm. And I'm sure they've come back since these movies have come out, you know, because people recognize the characters now. But I haven't read those comics, so I'm still thinking of when I was reading comics, these two characters were off, I think, married and moved away somewhere. And I don't know. So they they don't do anything for me. I don't know if they had moved away anywhere. I think... Happy Hogan's like like stayed on as like part of um uh Stark uh, security. I'm I'm not really sure. I know they eventually come back, and he has right. a, a pretty sad ending. But yeah, like they they, yeah. they, they did get married at one point. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, is there anyone else from the cast that you guys really want to talk about? Because I I mean, other than I, I guess maybe I should just bring up uh, Stephanie Stosak. Um, not just because I could butcher her name, and I always butcher somebody's name, <laughs> but uh, she played uh, Brant was the character's name, and she was one of the uh one of the extremist soldiers and she was probably my favorite of the extremist soldier because she showed the the most emotion and probably had the best fight scene out of all of them yeah um, but but then once she goes down yes i know doggy i know i agree with you on this point <laughs> go ahead and keep talking i'm gonna see what's going on all right all are welcome regardless of species on hero talk we don't discriminate no all right, but anyway, so once she goes out, which was kind of a weird way to go out when she got caught up in some electrical wires, uh, I mean, that was it. That was kind of like the end of the interesting extremist soldiers. But I at least liked her for where she was in, uh, and she's probably the only one of the extremist soldiers that I really want to bring too much attention to. There was that other guy. Um, uh, see, is it, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I really like James Badgedale. Yeah, it played uh, Seven. Was Seven, that his name? yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, they, they say his name once, and you can barely I know. hear it. I know. I uh, I had to. Uh, I picked it up in the uh, the closed captioning, but yeah, I, I first time I saw this movie, I had no idea this guy's name was. But I mean, and I really like the actor. I've seen like he was in the third season of Twenty Four. He was in that that uh, that show, this The Pacific. And he's, I haven't seen this stuff. Wait, you, you, I, I haven't seen anything he's been in. I'm just I'm okay. looking over his page right now, and I, I'm realizing. See, I just Twenty Four. I just kind of missed the bus on Twenty Four. Mm. Uh, well, he was in an episode of Law and Order SVU. Chances are, I've seen that one. Hmm. Uh, but um, I mean, I, I I really like him as an actor, and I felt he was. I don't I don't know. The character felt very off to me. Like maybe it's just because he's so different from the other characters I've seen this guy play. But yeah. um, just this carefree, like oh, I'm just like whatever. I got blown up. Let me get another stick of gum. I'm out of here. Like yeah. okay, what? Yeah. Oh, but he was in The Departed. I should point that out. Yes. I have seen something. Yes, he was. he was in The Departed. He it was such a minor role. You forget about it. Yeah, I completely slipped my mind. The dog has also seen The uh, Departed. Well, I believe all dogs have seen The Departed. It's <laughs> fairly standard. All right, uh, so there. All right, so we got two honorable mentions. Is anybody else from the cast? Because otherwise, I just I don't want to talk about the cast anymore. Ben Kingsley? 
We kind of talked about Ben Kingsley. A little bit. I mean, it, he he hammed that role up like crazy, and it was funny as hell. Here's the thing. he pl- he He's good. He played that role exactly as it was written, and he played it as good as any person could play that role. But the problem is, it was still a stupid role. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not like he could rewrite the part, so oh, yeah. I, I, I like Ben I don't fault Kingsley. the man for what the story was, and for what he was given, yeah, he did a damn good job. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so before we go too far, um, I don't know why I say before we go too far, because basically once we finish talking about the cast, we can talk about whatever we want. Uh, I didn't like the armor, the Mark 47 armor. I didn't like many of the armors he was wearing, to be quite honest, but I didn't like the Mark 47. And it's 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 nothing overly personal. I just thought it was a little too much gold. I, I agree. Like, there was not enough red to it. Like, it, like I can't help but think back to that first uh, statement, the, the, the first joke they made, where... Um, like he he's putting together the first suit and he thinks okay the the gold will will help with the will help with the icing yeah. and then uh, Jarvis puts it up and he's like that's a little ostentatious what was I thinking sir you're usually so discreet right and, and then he goes right back to being ostentatious oh yeah yeah there, there's way too much gold on it and you look at the other ones and it's like they're either they're like mostly red or they're weird colors they got spikes or something all over them and yeah you know, like most of them just don't look right one of them was that weird blue color it was that. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get what they were trying to do and, like, create the whole Hall of Armors thing. I just, uh, You gotta I get a better just, designer for those. Right. And and pl- most wasn't most everybody just kind of waiting to see the Hulkbuster armor, and the best we got was Igor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was a, maybe it was a Hulkbuster prototype. Because these things seem to break down way too fast. Well, he, he, yeah, they were they were so disposable. Like I feel like you're trying to build up the Extremis soldiers, and to do that, you're just making the Iron Man armors look like paper mache. And I don't know if I like that. Well, he might have made most of them in a hurry. Like he was like stockpiling them, you know, like like a bunker. Like remember, this movie came out in like I mean, okay, it's Christmas time. Let's say it's either Christmas time of 2012 or 2013. And the and uh, the events of New York happened in like May 2012. If you go by the release date, that's mm-hmm. still a, not much time to build all those armors. You can't tell me they're all in great condition. They're they're all well put together pieces of armor. Well, I mean, if we're being perfectly honest, he built the Mark II in what I imagine was a week or so, didn't he? They probably put a lot more thought into that than he did the other one. I'll also add a point in here is like maybe the armor wouldn't have seemed so weak if they had just like flown above all the extremist soldiers and just shot them. (laughs) That would have probably been smarter. For some reason, they had to get into the mix with all of them. Hand to hand combat. Yeah. And as long as we're pointing out and again, you know what? I really I I have to stop watching Cinema Sins and how it should have ended. (laughs) Because every time I watch one of them, I, I have to erase half my notes on the movie because they already said it. They don't want people to think I'm just copying them. So I'm going to admit right now I'm fully copying how it should have ended, and I've seen it. But it still makes perfect sense. Um, When the missile's flying towards the mansion, first of all, Jarvis, where were you on that? Did you? This Your whole job is to watch out for stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know how you missed that. They had to watch it on the news. They saw it on the news. Not even the missiles, the freaking helicopters. <laughs> yeah, when you see the helicopter show up, you don't, you don't want to say anything. You just want to, you know, oh, he'll figure it out. I, and now you're in vision. Sir, now you're in a vision. a crap load of missiles flying toward us. Yeah, just say something. And then, but that's the time for the house party protocol. Sir, I, I don't think those are news helicopters. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was if you're gonna threaten the terrorist, you at least need to have some base form of lookout. You know? It's Yeah. If anything, um, the otherwise... House Party should have been activated before, like right when he declared war on the Mandarin. That's when yeah. House Party should have gone up. Just like get them right. all out, they're all like holding a perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just making that big old circle around his mansion. Oh well, he's a poor planner. I think we've we've established that. Uh, I think it, he also continues to be a poor planner, as we see in Avengers too. Yeah, like he, he he tries to plan for some things. Like he planned enough to build um uh the Hulkbuster armor. Oh, Veronica, that was the armor. Yes. Um, he planned well enough to build that. The thing is, like there 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 are some things he plans way too much for, perhaps, and then there's some things he like completely misses. He gets so focused on preparing for one thing, he forgets everything else. Yeah. Like, what no, if my guess... AI turns evil? No. No. No, never crosses mine. No. I I don't know if it's like, you know how, you know, in every piece of fiction involving zombies, like no one seems familiar with the concept of a zombie. Yeah. Like maybe maybe yeah. Terminator doesn't exist in the MCU. <laughs> he's he's never seen a movie where an AI has turned rogue before. Apparently not. Or it's it, it, it's kind of like every uh every Resident Evil game, like every time a new virus comes out. No, no, no. When I make it, it's going to work. Yeah. It's kind of funny because whenever there's a vampire movie, they always kind of pretend like people have already heard of vampires. But then they always have that scene where the people list how you kill the vampires, and they arbitrarily pick some of the ways that actually work and some of the ways that don't. And they make fun of the people for believing them, which is kind of ridiculous because it sounds so arbitrary. It's all like, well, the cross isn't going to do anything. It's like, yeah, but silver does. It's not like that makes any more sense, Blade. Don't you get off your high horse. <laughs> I'm not sure why we're talking about vampires right now. I think I blacked out for a second there. Um, so in Tennessee, now that was he was in Tennessee, right, where yes. Tony Stark went in the the armor. And uh, does Tennessee get cold like that? Oh, I was in I was I was in there like just before uh, Thanksgiving. It was really cold. Oh, okay. Like like, like I, I went I went to a football game sitting on metal bleachers, and my butt actually hurt before the half. All right, good update on your butt. <laughs> Now we've hit the new low. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be a while before but, we drop our... But, yeah. Yeah, but, I guess I guess I just didn't know if it... I mean, I've yes. I've been to Tennessee once, but it was in the middle of the summer. Well, the so. thing is, like, Tennessee, you know, has drier air. Like, it's... So you, you don't get you don't get the humidity uh, um, blocking mm -hmm. out the... Or, you know, m melting the snow before it hits the ground. It it actually can get that cold there. Oh, okay. Um, did you guys like the kid? No. Not really. Absolutely not. All right, so we're universal on hating kids on Hero well, Talk. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. he was like he, he he hit the he hit the golden rule for a good kid, whereas where you know they made him useful. You know he he actually contributed to things, but they also hit the golden rule of what not to do with kids, which is make him make them super annoying. He was really uh, annoying. Like, he was really pushy with like with New York. Like you know Stark made it very clear he didn't want to talk about it. He's still pushing it. Like hey, can we talk about it? Are we gonna talk about it right now? Does this remind you of it? Can we talk about it? Like, Kid, he yeah. told you to stop. Yeah, I know. He was. I, the movie was felt like a lot of filler, and I, I'll, I'll say that. And like, there was a lot of extraneous talking. Yeah. Like, the, there was the panic attack at the cafe, which seems like it was a long way to go just to get to the fact that he has PTSD. And you had the kid, which was just kind of trying to like weigh in on that. And it just seemed like it was it was a little too much. I mean, like they had some good scenes, like when the kid tells him, like, "Well, hey, you're an inventor, go do something." And then the uh, the Hello Kitty watch was kind of funny. 
Yeah, I, I just feel like I, I feel like yeah. honestly, the, the parts where he was annoying were the parts that were filler and could have been taken out. Right, because I mean, the, the parts where he wasn't just being the annoying little kid, he actually brought something to the movie, which is a lot of times these little kids don't do. Yeah, uh, I, I do want to point out that when Tony put all that stuff in his garage at the end of the movie, like you you know that's all going to get stolen, right? That flimsy <laughs> lock. Although it wasn't that flimsy because the Mark Forty Seven couldn't seem to get past it. So hey, maybe there's some adamantium in those chains that I don't know about. Vibranium. Yeah. Oh, maybe they couldn't hit the door with enough force. Like, they were just Wasn't kind of that... pushing against it rather than slamming into it, you know what I mean? That was so stupid, you know? Yeah. Like, well, first of all, and I mentioned this the first time we recorded, but I do need to bring this up again because it's a pretty big deal, is that the speed necessary for the suit to travel from Tennessee to to uh, a Miami, right? Yeah. Miami, where they were, was... I mean, that, that is an astronomical speed. It had to be traveling somewhere around, like, 10,000 miles an hour. Like, the fastest thing that has ever been created in the history of anything. Yeah, that that, that was a bit of a stretch. Yeah, so, I mean, that was kind of silly. Because, you know, he was expecting it in just a couple of minutes. And then, so you have something that's traveling at that ridiculous speed. But then, you know, the door to the shed stops it and just sits there. Come well, on. Well, in, in Iron Man 1, he did break the sound barrier. Right. Yeah. So there's breaking the but sound the barrier, and then there's borderline speed. In of Iron Man One, he did it with a full suit. Here it's just pieces. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not even like they haven't even been assembled into a suit. It's just like individual pieces flying at these incredible speeds. Yeah, with, with repulsors that aren't nearly as big as the ones he was using in the first place. Right. You got to feel bad for anything that got in their way. <laughs> <laughs> and these incredible speeds can apparently be achieved by charging them off a battery. Yeah, I mean, it's just a car battery. Yeah, you know, Die Hard is a good brand. You know. All right, so <laughs> one thousand miles per hour. By the way, I just looked that up. That's what the actual speed was of the of the suits. So that's a pretty good clip. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that was I don't like that, and I think I think we made that abundantly clear that that's not good. <laughs> I mean, it made for for a for a very comedic moment, but it would have made a lot more sense if he just did the math wrong in his head, and like it was on the way right. anyway. Yeah, it just I mean I I get it like you don't want him to get the suit all at once because it makes for a, you know a fun action scene, but it was still. Yeah. Um, and there was saving the people out of the back of the the, the plane, which. I think there's some math problem with that. But we're not. We're, I'm done talking about math right now. Um, you, you mean the amount of time it would have taken to to grab all of them before they hit the ground? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah. We're not. We're we're not talking math. I'm done with math. Uh, it was an exciting really scene. You stop thinking about math in the middle of it. You don't think about this kind of stuff until the scene's over. Yeah. So anyway, bad math aside. Um. All right. So then you know what? The, you see, the whole remote control brain thingy with the suit and like when he just gets hit by the truck. Like I, I, there was way too much comic relief in just the way the Mark 47 worked and I got really tired of it towards the end of the movie. Also, I think like, it would have been nice if it, if in the end it actually did what it was supposed to do. Right. When he, if when he exploded it, then Killian just stayed dead instead of coming back for Pepper Potts. Yeah, and now it feels like a waste. It really does. I mean, and especially, I mean, you have so many of the scenes like there's a get hit by the truck and then Tony's like, oh boy, uh, I wasn't watching out for that. Yeah, good job. And then you have uh, when the prodigal son returns, but it just crashes into a little bit of pieces all around him. Yeah. Especially considering was... in the movie before this, a suit that was supposed to be, like, way behind the 42 was literally able to go toe-to-toe with Thor. I think yeah. the, the upgrade should be able to handle a truck. Well, it was a prototype. I know. Maybe it was yeah. Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> That would explain it. I mean, because Optimus Prime certainly would be able to just run right over the Iron Man armor and crash it to pieces. He's got the touch. Yeah. And the power. (laughs) When all hell is breaking loose, he is riding the eye of the storm. 
All right, we're going to stop there. I could do that whole song. <laughs> I really could, but we're not going to. Um, all right, so final scene, all the things. We've talked about how silly that was. Uh, you know, why didn't Rhodey come back? Like, he gets the president, and, and he, he, he takes them off to, you know, the safe spot. Why doesn't he come back? Maybe yeah, he's like, all the way to the White House. Rhodey do well, I, I, well, in that case, like, why take him all the way to the White House? Take him to shore, nearest police station, then you come back. Yeah, you don't have to take him super far. Like, wherever you take him, people are going to look out for the guy. He's the president of the United States. Maybe he, uh, he does not. That's debatable, that. but okay. <laughs> well, he, he's the, the movie president. Of the United States. And you know oh, what? Yeah. He's the president of the United States. Where was Captain America? He might have been busy with S.H.I.E.L.D. I, th- I think kind of the idea is that, like, these, these movies run almost concurrently. Mm-hmm. So it's like everyone th- – the reason why they don't, like, call each other is, like – well, for, first of all, most of these issues aren't considered big enough for anybody. But it's also like, well, you know, they've got their own stuff to do. I don't know. Like, and, and, and let's also remember the vice president was in on it. He may have quashed the whole thing about the uh, vice uh, president Rodriguez, which was his name, apparently. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he think he maybe sent Captain America on some other mission. Yeah. Or, or like kept kept the whole thing quiet about him disappearing. Well, maybe. All right. Uh so the end of this movie, we're going to talk the very end, the clean slate, which was kind of silly because mm. he just blew up all those suits for no reason. Like I can understand if this was the last one we're showing, like he's decided he doesn't want to do this anymore, but he blows up all those suits. And then it's like, well, I got to build another one because the Avengers need me to do some stuff. So, yeah, that did seem really needless, like just an excuse to have more explosion after the fighting's over. Yeah, um, just kind of arbitrary. Yeah. And then when he gets the surgery, when Dr. Uh, Dr. Ho. Chu, I believe was his name? No, no. Um, Dr. Wu? Dr. Wu, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Wu comes back from the beginning of the movie. Oh, by the way, we just saw Jensen again. Yeah. We need to mention that. Well, How I, nice is that? Yeah. Well, to see, it, like, it, the it, scene it, that he referenced. Yeah, it was, in the the exact, it was in the exact conference that he had said they'd met. It's like, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> well, the thing that's that weird kinda... about him blowing up all the suits is that they made it, it, put, it implies that they're trying to like he's just need he doesn't need the suits anymore. But then in Avengers two, he has the Iron Legion again. So it's like, what was the point? <laughs> yeah, not only does he need his suit, he still needs an army of suits doing stuff for him and Veronica. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, you could so, call that an army of suits. That was an army of robots, not necessarily suits. I mean, functionally, they were doing the same thing, except yeah. you couldn't jump in those. Yeah. They were less useful than what he would normally have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they mainly serve as, like, they can get hacked control. by a certain evil AI, so they're even less useful. Yeah, yeah. So, Tony downgraded. Way to go, Tony. <laughs> God. Jeez, no wonder Captain America and Winter Soldier are going to give you rotisserie beatdown in Captain America 3. Oh, I can't wait for that. I'm going to have to use that at some point. Rotisserie beatdown. Rotisserie beatdown. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a phrase that was coined by some friends of mine in college. Uh, Nick knows it. He'll probably he's probably laughing right now. <laughs> he probably heard us say rotisserie beatdown. Now he's laughing, and now he's laughing harder that we're still talking about the phrase rotisserie beatdown. It's just it's so eloquent. It is. Oh yeah. It was eloquent. It was uh, it was in reference to a video game where you could if you hit a person they would turn their focus onto you. So if you teamed up with a buddy and you could hit them on either side, the guy would keep turning. Turning to face the person hitting him, they couldn't ever actually block the attack. Wow. So he'd be, makes, he'd be beating sense. him down, and he'd be turning around, and so we, the rotisserie. Yeah, there it is. I just, I don't know if I can keep that in the podcast. I might have to cut that out. That's like trade secret right there. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see. We'll, we'll see what my mood is when I go to cut it out. Um, all right. So I guess now is the time where we got to talk about what our favorite parts of the movie was. Um, and not quite bad enough for us to talk about least favorite parts. I mean, it wasn't – I don't like it, but it wasn't an objectively horrible movie. It just wasn't a likable movie to me. But anyway, so let's talk about our favorite parts. And Goose, why don't we just start with you? 
I think my favorite part of this movie, honestly, is it's not the it's the first time that the Mandarin is revealed. When he does that whole speech to the president that I know you're going to call me, then he does, but then he still executes the guy. That was like the first time I actually got serious chills at the villain. Yeah. Now, when you say the Mandarin, you're of course referring to Ben Kingsley playing Trevor Slattery. <laughs> Hey, it was still a good scene. Still a good scene. Yeah, it's just just want to point that out. That was my Trevor Slattery voice. Did you guys pick that up? Was it too subtle? <laughs> Trevor Slattery, Mr. President, I'm going to kill this man. All right, Mr. Anderson. Uh, Mr. Anderson. Yeah, that's uh, all. My voices are basically just Agent Smith. <laughs> all right, uh, Brian, what's your favorite part? Hmm. I've been trying to pick out my favorite part. Um, I think. Uh, uh, I, I'll, I'll just say one one part that I, I thought was uh, was a was a really good line was the uh, Are we still at Ding Dong? I mean, come on, we're supposed to be on total lockdown. I threatened a terrorist. <laughs> uh, when was that? I'm not remembering that at all. That was when he was doing his investigation. He's up there. He like he sees the the dog tags that um, he had just like finished uh, finding the the one explosion in Tennessee. And uh, Jarvis says, "Okay, I'm going to file a flight plan." And then the doorbell rings. Oh yeah, that's right. All right. Um, excellent. You're left. What was your favorite part? War Machine Rocks. <laughs> War Machine Rocks. With an X. With an X. <laughs> yeah. okay. Which brings up brings up a good point. I, I don't know what the writers use in terms of computers and if they've ever worked anywhere that has computer security, but there is no chance that that word with no, like, characters or letters and numbers and all caps, like... It's even short on the number caps. of characters. Yeah, it, that that would not work as any... I mean, Google wouldn't let me use that password. Yahoo Google Mail doesn't like, let you use a password like that. I mean, it's... Yeah. <laughs> So how is his Department of Defense super secret squirrel email just locked behind? That's just silly. That's not a real password. You know, it's a silly joke. D- D- Tony's probably broken into it so many times. He's like, look, j- just let me just let me use whatever the hell I want because I'm running out of ideas. And they say, oh, OK, fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I bet Rhodey's one of those guys who just like always like puts the same numbers and characters at the end of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He says War Machine Rocks. You've got it. War Machine Rocks at at four four. Got it. <laughs> War Machine Rocks Mark 1. Two, three, four, five. War Machine Rocks 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think we're all we're all in agreement. Rhodey is really bad at picking passwords. Okay, uh, now it's my favorite part. Uh, my This was easy. This was... I, I laughed harder at this than anything else in the movie. It's when Tony was in the in the, the Mandarin's secret base, and he's fighting with part of the suit, and he shoots all the guys except the last guy, and the last guy puts on his gun, and he's like, honestly, I hate it here. Everyone is so weird, and he just leaves. Like... <laughs> 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 yeah, that guy. Because he just he just like I I want I don't know I'm done I'm not getting shot over this I hate this job I just work yeah. here like, I don't want yeah. Iron Man shooting me Yeah, like this this got really weird. People are spitting fire now. I don't know. This is I, I just they had a good 401k and the benefits were great. My kid needed braces, but this is not worth it. So that was easily my favorite part because that was just the the, the re- most realistic villain I've ever seen. This guy's like, I'm just a henchman. Listen, I, I'm no I'm not a true believer. I was in this for a paycheck. All right, paycheck's gone now. I'm I'm out. Got Iron Man here. <laughs> All right, so now now it's time we got to give this sucker a score. And once again on Hero Talk, we like to remind you that scores are stupid and they don't matter, and they're only there for people who don't bother to listen to the whole thing. So since you've all been really good and been listening to the whole Hero Talk, of course you have. Loyal listeners, maybe. At least six of you are. I'll give it seven. Maybe seven. Maybe I've gained one. Maybe I've gained a new loyal listener in the course of this podcast. Hey, who knows? I don't know. But all that being said, we're now going to give it a score anyway, because it's my prerogative. Uh, But first, let's start with Axelon. What would you score Iron Man 3? I would give this movie... 
a war machine is better than Iron Patriot trophy. And yes. and it's a true statement. Yeah, mm. it's it's fitting. Yeah, the war mm-hmm. machine is better than Iron Patriot award. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good score. I like that. Uh, Goose, how about you? What what would you give Iron Man three? I would give Iron Man three stretching out Peter Dinklage into Robert Downey Jr. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm not sure what to make of that. Yeah, so we're just going to leave that as is. Lord by that. Yeah. All right, Brian. How about you? What would you score Iron Man 3? I would give Iron Man 3 a ride on Air Force 1 that doesn't involve getting sucked out into the jet stream, but it does not get to choose which president is on board with it. And and that's perfectly fair. Although going back to that that scene, uh it was kind of nice when you finally got Savin shot in the chest like that was pretty cool. Oh yeah. You, like the, the the unibeam. Yeah, it gave him the unibeam and said like, you know, heal from that. Come back from that. What did he say? I Some, ruined the line. Something like that. It was pretty cool. Yeah. If only he had Unibeam with Killian. I think it was like, come back or from anyone. that. Or <laughs> I, I think it was like, come back from that, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, why did he didn't kill anyway? Uh, I guess what would I give this movie? Um, I give it Downton Abbey. <laughs> huh. Well, depending on who you are, that could be either really fire. good or really bad. Well, that's basically Iron Man three, isn't it? <laughs> depending on who you are, it was either really good or really bad. That's true. That is true. See, people think I just make these up on the spot. I put thought into this. It's it's got to work. It has to. Oh no! Anyway. No, I'm sorry. What? I was thinking of Satan's Alley. That's what no. Alley. Satan's, what is that? From Tropic Thunder, the movie, Robert Downey Jr. and Tobey Maguire. They're like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Man. Robert Downey Jr. got nominated for an Oscar for that role in Tropic Thunder. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean he wasn't going to win. Job. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to win because that was Heath Ledger's year. But uh, mm, yeah. Hey, are we ever yeah, going to do that movie? Uh, Tropic Thunder? Yeah. Probably. I don't know. It's might as well. <laughs> The beautiful thing about Hero Talk is there's never really a shortage of stuff to talk about. And they Very keep true. making new stuff for us to talk about. <laughs> and if we ever get hard up, we can just do a Hero Talk on trailers. I've done it before. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> did, did, I, mean I think we, we did it on just on, like, the announcement that Spider-Man was coming to the MCU. We sure did. We did one just on the announcement that a character <laughs> was going to be in a movie. We still, we still don't even talk. have pictures of Spider-Man at time of recording. No, we don't. He hasn't been in any of it. Like, I think that's the big thing, right? When they say, like, here's here's your Civil War trailer. Wasn't the thing in the back of everybody's head, like, let's see Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. And then we didn't. We finally saw Black Panther, who looked awesome, by the oh, way. Oh, he did. He does. I love Black Panther. He's one of my favorite characters from the MCU. I don't know why I said MCU, because he's not in it yet. The Marvel Universe. The Marvel Universe. Yeah. But he'll probably be one of my favorite characters from the MCU. I mean, just in, just in terms of, I like the character already, and he's on Captain America's side. Is he on Captain America's side? Uh, no, he's on I Iron Man's side. Yeah, that's what I oh, thought. Oh, no. Screw you, Black Panther. <laughs> well, by that logic, I should be saying, screw you, Deadpool, which I never will. No. Oh, Deadpool's coming out soon, too. Oh, yeah, that's February. That's yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, so anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Black Panther. Black Panther, what are you deciding with Iron Man? You know what? And this, you know what the sad thing is? So, like, so here's a movie where I'm dead set against Iron Man, and this is probably going to be the one time I actually get some decent action sequences with, with War Machine. And he's on the wrong side. And he's on the wrong side. They're finally going to show him doing something cool, and it's going to be against people that I like. Um. Anyway, uh, so now we're talking about a completely different movie altogether, so it's time to start wrapping it up. Uh, guys, thanks for once again doing a full Iron Man 3 podcast with me. 
Eh, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's about it. Yeah. No. Times the charm. I I think I think we've just encapsulated the entire experience right there in that one face. I, I am hoping we don't have to do this a third time. Uh, we're not doing this a third. If this if this didn't record right now, then we are just skipping it. We will we'll give it an honorable mention when we do Avengers. We'll say, by the way, we're not doing Iron Man three. Just deal with it. I'm also recording this just in case. So good call. Ooh, good call. Good man. All right. Anyway, uh, I just want to thank everyone for joining us as we once again talk about Iron Man 3. Uh, if you have a movie you'd like to see us do or any other comments you want to have or if you want to sell me testosterone pills because I got an email for that today, <laughs> you could send that email to HeroTalk at Enthusiacs.com. If you want to hear any uh, more of our podcasts, watch the Let's Plays, watch videos, read any articles, go check out Enthusiacs.com. Uh, we have our YouTube channel, which is Enthusiacs. We are on Facebook at Enthusiacs. We are on Twitter at Enthusiacs. We are not on Instagram, and that's, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, and as always, we hope to see you right back here for the next Hero Talk. So she ends up killing Killian. That was awkward. Killing Killian. Killian. <laughs> hey, that's Killian.